This one's for the culture. Me and wifey in the room thinking of a master plan Thinking how we can influence the culture from where we stand Knowing that our steps are ordered by the master's hand Still ten toes down, we ain't switching up the stand And welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest edition of The Bond Chronicles I am Mr. Bond Chronicles, one of the hosts And I'm blessed to be here with Mrs. Bond Chronicles And we are The Bond Chronicles We have a uh, great opportunity here in episode 55 to pick up where we left off last week. Hopefully you guys were able to tap in and view as it was quite the episode to say the least. And we have some follow-up to that. Uh, I think more perspective is always beneficial. And so we are excited to get into it. We may or may not have something coming this week as the Grammys took place. Um, and also the Dreamville Festival was this weekend, uh, really good showing. Um, so we'll touch on some of that maybe later this week, but you got to make sure that you like share and subscribe for that bell in case we go live or drop an episode. Uh, but let's get into it. Cause we got a lot to get into. So the first thing that we want to talk about is how the black family dynamic has changed over the last two generations. Um, and just for clarity, for two generations, you're talking about our parents, us, and then our kids, or what generations are we discussing? I would say like our grandparents, our parents, us. Well, it's three. So which? Well, you literally just said our parents, us, and our kids. That's three generations right. as well. So that's what I'm trying to but, figure out where in those three were you trying to, but yeah, you're going to be for that. Like to so, our grandparents, our parents, and then obviously how it affected us okay so we're just going to discuss how the black family has changed since our great grandparents since our grandparents to today <laughs> yeah. all right um so i think and i kind of shared last week and i shared shared on a couple of occasions i think the black family dynamic has changed exponentially uh, i don't think it's all on black people um but i think we have a lot to do with it uh i think Crack and drugs, and we've talked about that a while ago, the great episode, go back and check that out, has played a huge role um, in welfare and how that took and changed the family dynamic. Uh, obviously, how crack has affected the black family dynamic. We have modern women and women going to work, uh, latchkey kids that were born and generated out of broken homes, how that has impacted it. Um, and then we have, you know, kind of the, yeah, Papa was a rolling stone, but he always had a home. So I think there's been different iterations of the black family generation over generation. And I honestly don't know what it will look like when our children are our age. So in 30 years, um, maybe if this podcast still exists, we could revisit it if we're still doing that. Uh, but I think it will look different. I can uh, certainly say that I believe that. I hope that we can take the good of the last three generations and package it into the future generation that I believe would empower the black community. But it definitely has changed over time. Uh, I think people's roles have changed from uh, dads that were present and nurturing to the black community being one that was more nurturing to now today, everyone is really out for self and clout in a lot of cases or Instagram likes and things like that are driving people's behavior that didn't exist before. Um, so I definitely think it's changed over the last two generations, but I'm curious to know more of your thoughts on how it's changed. 
I mean, I would definitely say it's changed. Like you said, we went from Black communities being pretty strong, self-sufficient, and, you know, close-knit families and all those sorts of things to now you're more likely to see single parents, mothers Mm -hmm. and fathers, than you are to see Black families. But I think we're on an uptick. Um, Uptick of what? (laughs) I think we're on an uptick of seeing more Black families. Like, you know, I, I don't know, like, the stuff that you follow on social media, but a lot of the people that I see, a lot of the people that I know, they're in relationships, they're married, they're raising families together. I see more couples, I follow one um, girl on Instagram, I don't personally know her, but it's like traveling with children and they take their kids, her and her husband take their kids all across the world. I think we're starting to see more and more of a positive Black family unit um, with active parents. And I think that's really great to see if that can continue. Obviously, that is definitely something that would positively impact our community. Um, Studies have shown that it's better when kids come from two-parent households. Um, It's just all around a better experience raising children in a two-parent household. So it's definitely changed. At one point, it was really bad, but I think we're starting to see a rise of the a black, a traditional black family, so to speak. And you're basing that on what you see in the world projected or what you see in your friends and family? What I see in the world and what I, like, things that I've read, um, like looking at numbers, like it's it's a lot more positive than what we think it is. Just off the strength of you know this person, you know this one person, like there's a lot more positive out there for black families than there than it's represented. Okay. So I don't know your stats. Um I will go off what I see. Um, I'll start with celebrity culture. I don't see strong black families in most celebrity culture situations. Uh, I see a lot of mixed families in celebrity culture. Um, we're not planning to get to the Smiths in this, but obviously that's not a great example of black family. I look at my friends, even the ones in which who are married with children. I think they would all say there's a lot to be desired there. Uh, This is not to say that there aren't successful black families. There's a ton at our church, uh, which is definitely something that we aim to follow. Um, But again, I don't have the statistics to say it's maybe getting better than than what I see. But even the reincarnation of Bel Air or Fresh Prince is not the same strong black family that was initially uh, spoken about. Uh, So. I don't necessarily see that, but I will take your word for it. So when you say strong black, like what are you what are you saying? Like I'm I, I'm specifically talking about parent like households where there's mom, there's dad, and there's kids. Like you're married, you're however, regardless of what the relationship might be like or whatever is going on in the household, it is a familial unit in the household. Okay. 
So just the fact that there are two parents with children, yes, I would say we are beginning to see more of that. What I would say is in those houses doesn't always seem maybe to be ideal. But yes, that part I think we are seeing more of for sure. Um, so to your point, you said we went from being close-knit families to many people coming from single-parent homes and the rise in children out of wedlock and the baby mom-dad culture and all that that entails. Um, so are you saying – so I have one response to that, but you're saying that is slowing now, the uh, baby mom-daddy culture, baby daddy thing, or are you saying – it's been continually increasing over the last generations. I mean, it's gone up exponentially over the last few generations. Like, again, when you look at our great-grandparents, our grandparents, a lot of them, albeit maybe not the most ideal situations, a lot of them grew up in households with their mom, their dad, Mm -hmm. you know, having, we've talked about having the village to help raise your kids and help build your family, the strength of your family. To now, you know, there is a lot of single parenthood, whether it be the father with his kids or the mother with her kids. Um, We don't have that same village that we used to. Um, And God, you know, you're lucky now. You're considered lucky as instead of it being the norm to have a village of people to help you, to encourage you to, you know, your journey as an adult and as a parent or, you know, even in relationship, having people who've been married be able to pour into your relationship. A lot of people don't have those things. They don't have that type of community. Um, and that that's not just a result of single parent households, but there's a lot more single parent households now than there were two generations ago. Okay, so I want to clarity on that. So now I'm, I'm kind of confused because you said you're seeing more black family unit, mm-hmm. but you're also saying there's a rise in single family households. So I feel like those two things can't both be true. Either the single parent households are going down and there's a rise in black family units or the black family unit is still broken and there's a rise in single family or single parent households um i think that's maybe i misspoke then like i see more black families now than probably when i have in a really long time um but you still see single parent households the statement was just to say that we went from this was what our culture looked like Mm -hmm. to what it currently is. I said there is an uptick. You're seeing more black positive imagery now. Okay. You're seeing more people want to be in relationships and want to build families and community together than I think you have in a long time. Okay. So that brings us to the next point of has being a single parent been glorified too much in black culture? Um, I will say it depends on who you talk to. If you talk to men, I would say they'd say no. I think if you talk to women, they would say yes. Huh? You don't think that's swapped? No. I think men 
don't think being a single parent has been glorified because typically they're the ones on the short end of that stick. So they don't like the single parent household. I think women who have typically benefited, whether it be through child support, spouse support, or welfare, or whatever, that they've managed to take advantage of the system. And then hot girl summering and traveling and girl trips and all that with children, that part, I think they would say it's celebrated. But I don't feel like we see a bunch of men that are single parents as being glorified. Like, I was, was it that it was a Chris Rock movie where all the different, they were older de- single dads. And I don't, I didn't actually watch the movie, but typically that, that's not something that's glorified for men as a bunch of single men parents. Like, I don't feel like that's typically the case. I feel like a strong woman being able to take care of her family uh, on her own, getting it out of the mud, working 16 hour shifts, working her way up is glorified. That's not the same case for men. Because you don't see it as often men having custody of their children or you think that people look down upon men who are single parents? Both. I don't think single dads are necessarily celebrated. Um, There's a bunch of situations where men may have joint custody, but the way in which that's perceived is usually not great. Is it better than maybe it once was where all men are deadbeat dads? I think we're getting away from that, but that single, that, that actually makes my point. So the single parent situation or culture for women, it's a strong black woman. Typically the narrative for men is it's a deadbeat dad or an absent father. So I think when you talk to men about that era or that stigmatism, the connotations are typically negative for men. And I think it's typically, oh, look at that woman go. Look at her doing what she's doing. Celebrate her, protect her, cherish her because she's a nurturer. And a dad is like, well, you know what you're supposed to do. So I don't see a bunch of people celebrating men for being single dads. I think, and again, like, I don't know what you see or what you follow. Um, But typically when I see or see stories about men, and when I say single father, he has custody of the kids, not the woman. Mm -hmm. He's raising his kids. I personally know quite a few men who have custody of their kids. They're, uh, let me not say that. And they're celebrated. Like, I think that's an excellent thing. If one parent is incapable or incompetent or can't take care and provide for their kid, I don't care what the sex is. The parent who is going to be better at providing and taking care of those kids should be the responsible party for them. So it's like when I do see a man taking care of his kids as a single dad, that's kudos to him. I think what so is real, often overlooked. I just is have this, a question for you. And I, sorry. So when you say single, and I want to make sure we're on the same page, are you saying so? Is joint custody still single? Like the parents live separate, but they both raise the kids. That's still considered. Yeah. Okay. We're not together. Okay. Just want to make understand. Um. 
What was my point? I think a lot of times what's often left out of the situation or the equation is how long black, well, men in general, but a lot of black men were really deadbeat dads or absentee fathers or whatever you want to call them. Like we've had conversations about ourselves. We've had conversations about people, you know, like you look at it in society, a lot of times black men were not present for whatever reason they were not present for, they were not present. That's where a lot of that stigma comes from. Now, then when you start breaking it down case by case or whatever that, you know, you want to call it, you do see, okay, well, he's in jail or, you know, someone passed away or there's different scenarios, obviously, that have taken black men out of more homes. But a lot of times they just didn't want, you know, didn't want to be fathers. And I, I can't tell you how many stories, how many people, women, grown the same age as me, older than me, have stories of, yeah, my dad's around, but I don't have a relationship with him. So I think that's a portion that's left out of the equation. Do I see more Black fathers stepping up now? Most definitely. I follow several pages on Instagram. I've, um, part of, we're part of a marriage group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see all of the stuff in there. I'm part of several mom groups and a lot of them, they're with their husbands and in relationships. And like I said, I see a lot more of it now in the last, I guess, five, 10 years where you do see much more present black fathers. But when you go back to like the late eighties, nineties, it was looking really grim. So, I have a couple questions. First question, you said, and I want to make sure this is on the record. You said the parent that can best provide for the children should be responsible for the children. Yeah, depending on the situations, it certainly. So, given that typically, statistically, and then women have come a long way. But statistically, men make more than women. Mm -hmm. So you would be then advocating that more men should have custody than women because they are in a better position to take care of those kids. Uh, You can't generalize it that way. One, it's completely not up to my opinion on who gets the kids. It is. It's our podcast. It's it's not law. And so when you look at different situations where people are quote unquote fighting over custody, a lot of times it just boils down to, you know, the emotional more so than I think the monetary wise of how kids end up with moms. You see more frequently joint custody between men and women than and but the physical custody being with the woman versus physical custody being with the man. And a lot of times I think it's easier for, I mean, most times it's easier for a woman to get full physical custody than it is for a man 
And I'm not really sure of why that is. Because the system's maternalistic. Okay. I mean, the reason just is. Because typically, like I said, the men are the providers. So What's the that? men make more money. So what they do is they take the kids from the man, and then they take the money from the man and give it to the woman versus just leaving everything with the man. But that's not always the case, though. I said typically. But even in your your typical situation, a lot of times the woman is making as much, if not a little less than. I don't agree with that. But even if that's the premise, the guy is still making more. So why is he being punished for making more? I didn't say he's being punished. When you take his kids and force him to pay child support, that is a punishment. So if he's making more and they were together and he was in the household, why then when the parents fail, is the dad punished and the mom rewarded? I think, it again, it just depends on the case. Okay. We will agree to disagree on that part. Um. And then I think this part, it, it speaks to what you mentioned earlier. You were talking about how you knew, I think you said women, but kids in general and the lack of relationship that they have with the parents. And I've said on this podcast many times that if we don't work, our co-parenting situation is probably going to be pretty trash. And that's not because of the kids. It's because of the parents. Um, so the question is, why is it that co-parenting can be so difficult? In my experience, it's because women tend to be manipulative and weaponize children against parents, against the dad. They get in court and I've been in court and they lie and they do really grimy stuff. And when the man finally reacts, the man is held to a much higher standard. So I believe why co-painting is so difficult is because typically when relationships end, they end on really bad terms and neither party wants to deal with the other person. And it's not to say that men are perfect because men do a bunch of messed up stuff too. But I think the co-parenting issue is when the woman has custody, she will weaponize that custody to punish said man. And I think that ultimately builds resentment And then, like I said, as a man, if I was a great dad and now you're weaponizing that, but you're also taking my money, like it just builds its added resentment and added frustration that people today don't want to deal with. And in the past, men just sucked it up or went to jail because they couldn't pay child support, which to me is just crazy. But that's the society in which we live in. So I think the co-parenting piece typically isn't. a kid issue, but we look, we talked about it with Ye and Kim and the schooling that the kids go through. The dad doesn't want them in a certain school. The mom does. Guess who wins? The mom. The dad doesn't want them on social media. The mom does. Guess what happens? And when you have primary custody or it's given to a woman, she's going to do really whatever she wants because she knows she's empowered to do so. And then the male typically over time may just get frustrated and said, you know what? I don't have no say anyway. And I'm not agreeing with this. I don't think this is right. But I understand where I ain't got no say. All you really do is want me for the money. Here, take the money. I'm out. 
I'm going to go find happiness and peace somewhere else. Maybe I'll start another family, try over. But this is dead. And ultimately, the kid suffers. But I believe more often than not, it's because of manipulative moms that are milking a situation in the system that's geared towards them. And I think as we're starting to see that change, because I am hearing more cases of men getting um, custody of their children, we're starting to see women act a little different. And I don't think that's any shock as to why that is. So your generalization of how women act after having getting custody of your their kids comes from personal experience or what you see? Well, I've never had a custody situation, so it's personal I mean, you experience have, you based have on friends. right based on what I've seen from friends and family. Yes, hundred percent. So again, we know different circles of people because a lot of the people that I know who do co-parent, like everything, especially after the end of a relationship, it always starts off rocky. We're ending your relationship. There's a lot of emotions that go there and it it's rough. But eventually a lot of people do get into a groove of how it works. I think let more than what you would give women credit for. There's a lot more women out here who are able to successfully co-parent without all of the extra that you're referring to. I know plenty, and a lot of times money does make a difference because if both parents, both people are in a more financially stable, secure place, then a missed child support check doesn't matter. I don't have to argue with you about paying, helping me pay for activities. I don't have to go back and forth with you about any of these things. I think it was last week we just saw Black China come out talking about how she had to get rid of three of her cars because she wasn't getting any support or any child support. And both um, Rob Kardashian and Tyga came out and said, well, I pay medical expenses. I pay for school. I pay for all these other things. And the kid is with me. Essentially, that's custody. 90% of the week. Um, and if you read underneath those posts about this situation, there were a lot of people telling China she needs to go sit down and call, you know, shut her mouth because she sounded ridiculous. I see Kelly Clarkson, her husband got custody of her their kids, and she's paying alimony and child support and all these things. Adele, her husband, like they have split custody. You do see it a lot more now where it's not automatically the woman gets custody and then she makes a man's life a living hell because she's got custody. Like, I think that's a very, I'm not going to say singular example of why co-parenting is bad, but it is a very stereotypical example of why co-parenting can be bad. A lot of times I think co-parenting can be bad, especially when you're talking about a soured relationship is because both people are holding on to all the crap that probably ultimately ended their relationship. Even in our podcast, like, or in our relationship, you have said 
regardless of what we break up for, I'm going to make your life difficult because we're not together anymore. Regardless of whatever reason we're not together anymore or what's going on between us, you've already decided that you would be a sucky co-parent. And I'm the type of person where I don't feel that way. Like something happened between us and our relationship didn't, I mean, and our relationship didn't work out. I'm not going to put the added stress of all of these negative, all this negative energy into making it difficult for us to still raise our kids together. And I think the issue with some of what you said is that a lot of people now are much more mature. People are making more money now. People are able to move on from situations and just take the L. As long as the kid is provided for, everything else can fall by the wayside. So I don't necessarily agree with you that it's women's fault or women are always manipulative or it's typically the woman's fault. So you said that I said that I would make your life miserable or be a terrible co-parent. Let's provide some context. In that conversation, who had custody? We've had several conversations where you said this. Right. And in every conversation, who has custody? I don't think we ever talked specifically about who has custody. We have. Fine. We'll say I have custody. And is there any support being paid? Yeah, I guess it would be child support. Whatever the judge would say, this is what's happening. So now that we have context of you took my kids and you're forcing me to pay for them through the court, yes, I would be a terrible co-parent. Because I know what kind of dad I am. I know how important dads being in the lives of their kids are. And so for you to rob me of that for whatever reason, yes, I am not going to be a fun co-parent. Because you have taken something very sacred for your own selfish gain. And so that to me is why I would be a terrible co-parent. Not because I'm just a miserable person. It would Because if the situation was reversed and I had full custody and I was receiving child support, I'd probably be a great co-parent. I would have absolutely no problem talking to you, hanging out with you, dealing with you because you're paying me and I got my kids. However, I doubt you would be super friendly knowing that you don't have your kids and you are paying me money. So the context of that conversation was you took the kids and you were getting you took me to court for child support. That is why I would be a terrible co-parent. So again, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. But we've had a few conversations in the con- on the podcast yeah. where you have directed and pointedly said, if something ever happened between us, mm-hmm. like, it, and it wasn't even necessarily talking about custody or anything like that, that you don't want to, if I started dating someone, you're going to be mean to the person I'm dating. I didn't say like, that. I said you, I won't deal with it. That's not being mean. No, you'd be mean. I wouldn't. I would not talk to Society would view it as you being mean. Okay. Well, then society, yes. Uh, Society would have me as a mean guy because I'm not dealing with that person. But continue. So that's just interesting. Like your words have changed from several other podcasts, but okay. Go back. You guys can go back and listen. And if you have the clip of where I was just mean for no reason, please put it in the comments. Message me, DM me. My stance has been the same. 
if I am now robbed of my children, my ability to parent my children, but I still am forced to pay for them, yes, I'm going to be a crappy person because I know what I'm capable of and I know the situation that I'm in. So yes, I'm admitting that would be awful. And realistically, unfortunately, the kids would likely be impacted. My hope is we never get to that point. But if we do, I already know what to expect. And so that is why I will be that way. I've also been through a divorce before. And I recognize how people change, especially when things don't start going in their favor. I've seen it done. So those are the reasons why I would be that kind of co-parent. And I'm admitting, yes, under that scenario, I would. However, as I stated, for the record, if the situation was different and I'm the guy holding all the power, why am I be mad? Why do I need to be bitter? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. But again, I don't think you would th think very highly of me if that kind of verdict came out. But that's for you to decide. Um, so the next part to this, uh, did you want to respond to that? Um, a generation raised by strong women and absent fathers. Uh, one, how that affects children and the bigger picture. And two, the importance of fathers in their children's lives. Um, so I think to me, this ties back into uh, one of the narratives we've had earlier with absent fathers. And I would say, like, me and my dad don't have a strong relationship. Never really have since I've become a young adult. However, I also saw in my experience has been I see I've seen my two my parents since I was since they got before they got divorced. Their interactions trash. Everyone's on eggshells. It's super awkward. It's super tense. It's frustrating. So. I understand why him and his new family may not be comfortable coming around. It's also been very made clear by my mom in a lot of cases. She don't want them around. So. I understand that dynamic. I will say, and I think you mentioned this earlier, once kids get grown, and we've talked about this on the podcast too, I think it's tough to bridge that gap because I believe the child has a perspective of why the dad was gone. And in some cases, the dads were just flat out wrong. They were, the moms may have been good moms, the dads are just trash individuals, and the dad just dipped. That is a reality for some. As I've gotten older, I've learned that a lot less dads leave the kids versus leave the parents. The same thing you'll hear in like corporate America or jobs. People don't leave jobs. They leave management or supervisors. So they could love the job, but they hate the person they work for. I think the same is true in a lot of relationships with kids is I just can't stand you. Like you're in the way. If you would just move out the way, me and my kids have a great relationship. And this is male or female. But when someone is in control, a position of power, they don't move out the way. And when they feel necessary or when they feel like it, they become a stumbling block to everyone's relationship because their feelings are more important than everyone else's. And I think that has driven the absent father narrative more so than just absent fathers. Now, you mentioned uh, parents in jail. Yes, 100%. And once you're in the system, as a black man, it's super hard to get out. Do some do it? Absolutely. Is it impossible? No. 
But I've lived with a bunch of different people or been around a lot of different dads that tried to do better. And it's tough and it's expensive. And so sometimes you got to try and cut corners or do things the fast way to stay out of jail for unpaid child support. And you end up back in a prison system. And it just becomes a perpetual cycle. Um, so I think it's more to it than just having absent fathers. And ultimately, I think the impact is what we see. I think we see a bunch of underdeveloped children that don't cope well with life. Um, I don't think women are raised to know how to really deal with and handle a man in a lot of situations. And I don't think men are raised necessarily to respect women to a certain extent. I think a lot of men respect women because they were raised by their mom. And so I was raised by a black woman. So I always have a certain level of appreciation for black women, but they also see what life is like with a black woman that might got aunts and grandmas and others that have all been separated and they could be jaded to that. I've grown up in my family and other families and I've seen a lot of things I didn't like out of black women. Um, I still try my best to respect black or women in general based on who they are, but I've also seen a lot of stereotypes are true. And so I treat them accordingly. I don't give people just a pass just because of the color of your skin. That doesn't give you a right or reason to di be disrespectful or loud or obnoxious or whatever, abusive or whatever it is. But I think generally men will protect women. And most generally, the idea is black women are the least protected. I completely disagree with that. But that is the sentiment is that black women need to be protected. And a lot of that is also co-signed by black men. However, absent fathers, the stigma is just, he was trash. Um, so I think it has a huge impact. And I think we're raising a generation of people that will hopefully fix part of, parts of it. But I think we're starting to see that men are less tolerant of women raised by women. and. I, I think that the, the reincarnation or the, the rebirth of a black family healthy unit, I think would help fix that. But I think we're slowly getting there. Um, so I was going to say something and the thought is just gone. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of the whole absent father thing to the same point as before, it's why were they absent? If they were absent because like a legitimate reason, because you can be in the household and still be absent. Um, but not being here physically, like emotionally, physically here for your kids like that does grant a lot of emptiness or you know for girls growing up with their dads the your dad is supposed to be your first love the first person who teaches you how you're supposed to be treated like all these different dynamics for a man woman relationship for a girl comes from watching your dad and how your dad treats your mom and all these sorts of things. Um, 
So when you don't have that in the household, when you don't see that, that leads to a lot of problems. Um, one of my, Gina, she used to talk about, you know, a fatherless generation. So many kids grew up without their dads and the impact that has had on not just the black community, but people, period. That it's a very integral part of the family that's missing. And bigger picture, those people grow up. You, we talk all the time about women who have daddy issues and men who have different insecurities because their dad wasn't there to help mold them. Women naturally are nurturers. Women naturally are more giving. Women naturally have different things within them that obviously lend to mothering children. They're more sensitive. They're more, you know, they more empathetic, typically. Um, so when you have a woman who's by herself, and especially if she didn't plan on raising her kids by herself, she suddenly is in a position where she has to be strong. She has to figure out how to provide. She has to figure out all these different moving parts because for whatever reason, dad is gone. So, excuse me, you have women who are taking on roles that biblically were meant to be shared by two people. And try as she might, there's going to be stuff that falls through the cracks. There are going to be things that fall through the wayside. Conversely, a man raising children by himself, there are going to be things that he doesn't know how to do. There are going to be things that don't come naturally for him to be able to do. Men are not as nurturing. They don't have as much patience. They don't have that. It's a different type of love. And when both those elements aren't in the home, there's a lot of imbalance. And you see that imbalance in the children as they get older. Me personally, and I knew of my dad. I didn't have a relationship with him. My mom remarried. You know, she was happy. Things were different. But even still, as an adult, or even growing up, I remember wondering, thinking like, dang, why isn't my real dad a part of my life? Why is it, why doesn't he care? You know, all those nuances that you go through as a young woman to figure out that relationship and why that relationship is lacking and then see it manifest, manifest itself in relationships with men. It, you, you don't really get the correlation until you're in a relationship where you're happy and it's healthy and you see, dang, I was doing a lot of this, but if I had learned earlier, this was more, this was the acceptable behavior of someone who I wanted to call my spouse, you would have made less mistakes. Same thing with a man. You don't see your, your dad and your mom interacting. You don't see how they are together. You don't know how to treat a woman. Like your mom is telling you all these things, but are you taking your mom seriously? Mm, to an extent. But like you said, if you come from a family where it's nothing but women and you don't like the behavior of the women in your family, like you're not going for any of those characteristics or traits. Like there's going to be so many things that you don't want based on what you saw from your mom who was trying to do 
everything for you versus just be a mom. So it, I think it affects the kids big picture in so many different ways. Oops. In so many different ways, long term. Um, so you said a couple things that I disagree with, but I want to get your a deeper opinion. So you said a woman has to figure out how to raise kids on their own. <sighs> what What do you mean by that? Like, why do women have to make that decision? Because for me, I know a bunch of men that would have rather have kept their kids, but that opportunity was taken away from them. And so what did they do? Because like you've said this a few different times now, what have they done? What do they do to try and change that situation? Because I think a lot of times men, and I've seen this in, especially like some of my cousins, they'll be in a relationship, relationship doesn't work out. There's a kid, the mom sucks. There's manipulation, there's arguing, there's all these different things. She's not letting you see them on the weekends that you're supposed to be able to see them, like all this sort of stuff. Mindset, if, if they're making it difficult for you to do your job, for you to do the things you want to do, you take them to court. You, you file a motion, you leave a paper trail. There's so many avenues that you can take so that that is not the situation. And eventually... If you are documenting all these different things, she will 100% lose custody. I have seen it happen. But a lot of times men won't take that initiative and do those things. And so you'll go to court and you'll complain, oh, well, this weekend I couldn't see him because she wouldn't let me pick him up. She was late or whatever, you know, the scenario is. And the judge is like, well, what did you, did you call someone? Did you call your caseworker or social worker? Or did you file a report? Like, what are you doing? If she's making your life difficult to be able to be the father that you want to be, what are you, or what is the expectation of a man to do to fix that? Because sitting around and complaining and being mad at the world, that's not going to get anything done. So one of the many instances of where the disconnect is between, <clears throat> I'll say me and you. I won't just say men and women. So what you're saying is if a woman decides to be a trash parent based on the court's decision, it's the man's job to jump through a ton of hoops, potentially pay a bunch of money, take off work, take use vacation, whatever is necessary. He should do whatever is necessary to get to court and hope that he crossed all the right T's and dotted all the right I's to get custody. All of that onus falls on the man. So my my statement earlier was, some men don't want to do that. And personally, I don't think they should have to. But the society we live in is built in such a way that they do. And I have seen cases, even in those scenarios, a woman gets in there and she cries and her mom and her other people are in there supporting her. The man still don't get the kid. And so I just think it's rich that as a woman, 
That is your perspective, is that the man just needs to do more. He needs to fight harder for his children. When it's the woman who took the children. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I agree. I believe that's the reality. But the problem with that is it's still on the man to do everything. To fix the bad situation. And some men might have more than one kid with more than one woman. So. So. That's going through all those steps twice. That's expensive. So, and again, so then in those scenarios, you've already had a kid with one person Mm -hmm. and that situation is bad. So then you go out and you have a kid with another person and that situation turns bad. I'm less inclined to believe that it's just all these women who suck Versus you not being a great partner. And so then you're basically reaping what you sowed. Because I chose. And again, I'm saying that a lot of times people suck at co-parenting because they're still holding on to the crap from relationships. The The women that I do know that are bitter and have awful relationships with their children's fathers, it's because their children's fathers were trash in the relationship. And they were cheating. They were disrespectful. Whatever the case may be, the relationship ended because they sucked. And now, I don't agree with this. Now that they're not together, they're less inclined to be nice and play nice and placate to man's emotions and feelings because of how she was treated during the relationship. So you started this by saying, if a man has gone to multiple people and had multiple kids, it's likely because he was the problem. But then you just talked about the bitter women, and it was still the man's fault because he cheated, because he did this. That's why they're bitter. So I know- It's the same situation, right? So my- Point. So I'll use me. Sign me up. I know what I represent as an individual. We've hypothetically thrown out us not working. I would love for the opportunity to put all the cards on the table in my relationships and people say, you're the constant problem. Maybe. And this could be for women, too. I think it is for women, too. Maybe you just suck at picking partners. Maybe you're a dope individual, but you keep picking the wrong person. Maybe you accidentally got pregnant by somebody that wasn't supposed to be a thing. Twice? Three times? Four times? How many times have we got pregnant and we meant to get pregnant? I mean, for us, it's different. No, it's not. We didn't mean to get pregnant. How many times in your life have you got pregnant and you intended to get pregnant? None. So what are you talking about? I'm my scenario, my example, based on what you said, a man not a man having to go through 
the process of trying to get custody because the woman he's dealing with is garbage. Mm -hmm. You're saying the man has to do everything. He does. He's got to do everything because the woman has custody. However, we got to mm -hmm. the point where the woman has custody, she has custody. If you don't want to go through the process of trying to get custody and trying to change that situation, then you're going to deal with what you have to deal with. And There's, I, and, but again, this is man or woman. In the, in the chance that a man gets custody of his kids and a woman doesn't want to deal with the drama and all of that, everyone is always at liberty to change the narrative, change the situation. The same way that you have to take off of work and do all these things and hire a lawyer or whatever the case may be, the person you're taking to court will too. Like, I don't, I don't, I guess the easiest way to put it is I don't care that it's difficult. If we were in a situation where I felt like you were making my life miserable and you were depriving me the opportunity to be a mom, I'm taking you to court every single time. It's the same issue I have with Kanye. You're on social media telling the world how pissed off you are at Kim because of the way you are being portrayed. But you need to be telling that to your lawyer. You need to be telling that to the judge who's um, presiding over your court case. Those are the people that you need to talk to. Because talking to your best friend about how pissed off you are, how everything's going, that's not going to get anything done. And you just keep doing it. And I'm really like skeptical to think that in the course of six months, you filed these different things. You appeared before the judges different times. You've got this paper trail of her wrongdoing that the judge is going to be like, oh, no, nah, you're short, bro. You go on ahead. And then if that's the case, then you go and you ask for a different person to preside over your case because obviously this person is being biased. Like there's so many other ways to handle that, that the type man of, has to do. If you want to change the like, if we're going based off of women nine times out of ten get custody of the kids, mm -hmm. then yes, that's what you have to do. But even in the chances that a man has custody of the kids, if the woman wants to change that, she has to do everything. She has to change it. It's not. It's not one way or the other just because it's the man. It's whoever is in the situation who does not like the custody arrangement. I don't understand. Like, insert person. Whoever it is, you don't like the custody situation. You go through what you have to do to change it. Okay. Um, I'll leave that alone. So my question to you is, you talked about women being nurturers, and you said men weren't nurturing. I don't remember if there was a positive to the man side of when men raise their own children. But given what men bring to the table and what women bring to the table, when it comes to raising children, who do you think, if one has to be a single parent, is going to set the ch child up for success? That's not a fair question to ask. One, because all parents are not the same. 
there are, yes, there are traits that are typically naturally inherent in men and women. Which is what we're but going off of. I know plenty of women who aren't nurturing. I know a lot of women who are not super emotional. I know men who are way more talkative, way more commu communicate better their emotions and their feelings than women do. You can't generalize that type of situation or that question because everyone is different. You literally or generalized. I'm, you I'm said not. women are nurturers. I'm going off of Mo your words. Right. Most women. So Mo that's what we're, that's my question. In the scenario, based on your generalizations that you made, which one do you think is more fit? I'm not answering that question. But you can give your answer. Everybody knows my answer. And right. it's obvious. You think men are more fit to raise children alone because... They better... They better... What's the word I want to use? They better prepare them for the world. Because... They're, they have to deal with more. Because... Because they do? How? How do they not? How? That's not how do they not? That's not answering my question. How do men deal with more? And not and and no, no, I'm not going down this road. Right. So that's, we can that's absolutely ridiculous. So you think a woman's think, role in life is harder than a man? I don't I don't think it's harder. I think it's all different. Everything doesn't have to be a competition. But I there's the reality of life. Everything doesn't have to be a competition. It's not a competition. It, it is. Your life is more miserable than mine. My life is harder than yours. It's not a competition. Like, That's just the facts of life. Okay. Like at some point you have to uh, align with the real world. And in the and real I, world, there are statistics and trends. So when you, okay, to, for sake of argument... When you get me some statistics and trends on what, why a man's life is more difficult, so it sets him up to be a better parent than a woman, then we can have this conversation. But right now, we're basing it off of your bias. We're basing it off of no, generalization. No, 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 no. We're because your your generalization is biased, though. So when you get me some stats and statistics, so when I asked you which one's harder. You didn't pick the woman. I because everybody's life is different, right? You can't generalize. Like, so then, why so, do we have a podcast talking about topics? Because everybody's situation is different. But the the question that you're asking is a very poignant question. You can't say that men generally are better to raise children alone than women are because. Of some general, some vague point, you can't say that. I mean, you can say right. that because that's your standpoint. But you can't tell me that your life is more difficult than some refugee woman who's dealing with, like, the women in Ukraine right now. People in Ukraine are going through it, but your life is more difficult than theirs. So that makes you a better parent. Perfect example. Glad you brought up the Ukraine. Do you know which group of people couldn't leave Ukraine? Yeah, black people. No. Men couldn't leave Ukraine. 
Right, because they wanted them to stay to help fight for the country. Thank you. So when I tell you that a man's life is more difficult, that is a case in point. You wanted an example. You wanted a statistic. That's an example. In this country, selective service. Do you know who they target in this country for selective service? Men. Men. When people have to go off to war, do you know when World War was going on, who got sent to war? Men. You know what the women were done? Stay here and work in a factory or whatever it is. And raise the children. Raise the children. I think so that's why a, wasn't it opposite? Because men's lives are diff, more difficult. That's the way Bruh, the world has been. That is not why men are sent to war versus women sent to war. Men are sent to war for the exact same reasons that I literally just gave you. Men are perceived. I mean, genetically, genetically, you're stronger. You're able to carry more. You're able to do more heavy lifting. You're able to deal with the pressures of war. I don't necessarily agree with all those standards, but genetically, you are more equipped for war than a woman is. But so we got a woman, ton of women. You have a bunch so, of women family members in the military. Bro, I'm not saying that women can't join the military. I'm telling you why it's written that men at the age of 18, when they're in their physical prime and peak and they've got all their life ahead of them, have to sign up for the military. But if women can do it, why don't they have to also sign up? Because that's not how they view how they view it. But they can sign up on their own. So they are physically capable of doing it. The rules and laws are just written in such a way that it's slanted towards women. Which is the history of this conversation. Women get the benefit of the doubt. Bro, I don't know. We talked about. Did you talk about a lot about not living in the real world? But I just gave you real world examples. And exactly. Your real world example is based in science. That's why men have to join the military. Women can but too. The science is the, the same. Way, yeah, women are able to now, but for the longest so time, saying, women, women were not allowed to join the military because the they longest, weren't because they the, weren't physically but, capable. Before mm, mm, the, the, I don't know why the reasons, you know they were physically capable. The reasons why the people who wrote our constitution decided that women were incapable of voting of managing their own household, of joining the military, is because they were deemed less than. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with physical capabilities or anything based in science. It was just them, men, a room full of men, deciding that women were less than. It happens all the time. To this day, for black women, for white women, for women across the world, there are men sitting in rooms deciding that a woman is less than. We've got um ooh, I'm not gonna You do realize it. you're making my point. <sighs> sure I am. What's the next question? You were literally talking about the reason things were decided was it was based in science. And then you went and said it's not based in science. Well, no, like so I'm saying what originally scientifically, genetically, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. women were deemed less than physically. Mm-hmm. So women, you're not allowed to join the military because you're not going to amount to anything of a soldier. That law changed. I have no idea when that was changed. And then women were able to join the military. 
but they didn't change the portion that still required men to sign up when they turn 18. Because it's a woman-driven world. There's no science as to why women don't have to- It's a woman-driven world how? Because when I'm war happens- because you, you like, so you ask me a question, I go to answer the question, then you say, I'm not doing this. Okay, we'll move on. It's a waste of time. Um, the other thing, I'm not even gonna get into you saying a man doesn't know how to treat a woman. Uh, fathers who want to be involved when a relationship doesn't work, women using their children against the fathers. I'm guessing you believe that's a myth. No, denying access slash time with kids, like. I don't know how we've had this entire conversation and I generalized and stereotyped and all this other stuff, women. And then you agree with bad talking fathers to kids and all of these negative things that women do, or you saying women are justified because the man was a cheater and abusive. So the situation when fathers who want to be involved in their children's lives, I've never said that that it doesn't happen where women aren't these things that you are stereotyping all women to be. Okay. In the situations where that happens, mm -hmm. these are the things that, that are happening, which I don't agree with. <laughs> so the things I was saying happen. I never said they don't happen. When in my when it, so then what was the disagreement? If I'm saying the reason that men are considered absent fathers and the reason that the family dynamic is the way that it is because of these types of women, you pushed back on that. No, you didn't say because of these types of women. You said because women are most women. You were one talking broadly about how every woman functions. I didn't say ever. You basically say ever. said every nope, woman. No, don't put words in my and mouth. And then I was just like, well, that's not every woman, but this is my perspective on these things. I didn't push back and say it never happens. You did. You talked about all the women you know and all the great situations of all the men that have fought tooth and nail to get custody and have more men have custody and men can just do it. And if I they just document, if they just document for six months, I can't see how they won't get custody if the woman is trash, which yes, maybe that's the case. But what happened when the woman isn't trash, when she's below average, but she still has the kids of 10, 12 days out of 14. And the man gets to see his kids once every other weekend. What about when the woman's not super trash, but they still don't have access? to the children when they Why? still don't get an input into the kid's education into the what the kid wears into what the kid does into how the kid is raised even if they go to court because the woman is not trash you keep you loop in this phenomenal grind was trash you there's nowhere in the situation that i said the woman is trash i said if she's not doing what she's, supposed if to be she's doing, not doing her part and allowing you to be able to be a father then you take her to court. And my point is, what happens when she is? When she does is on time once every two weeks. And you get to see your kid for those two days. What happens when that happens? 
But when you want them to play a certain sport, she don't want them to play it. Then what? So again. So you're going to take her to court and be like, judge, make her let him play basketball? I'm not saying that you. I'm asking, so what does he do? You do take her to court. You get a mediator. But there are so many other venues, options of situations and scenarios available other than just pouting because you made a I'm not saying pout. I mean, that's what is basically what you're saying. I'm asking. You think a court, a judge, after six months of documentation is going to be like, you need to let him play basketball because his dad said so. That's what the that's in essence what you're telling the man to do. Go to court and fight so that your kid can play this sport. That's what your that's your guidance to men. Yeah, that's my guidance. And I'm telling you, that's a waste of time. And that well, is going to be unproductive. Why do you care? Because I want my kid to play basketball. So then, but do what I you don't gotta do so that your kid can play basketball. And my point is, if but I, you don't want to do that. No, my point is. If I follow your lead, and I would really suggest you talk to some men, the judge is not going to tell them, oh, yeah, you need to make sure that kid can play basketball. You will get laughed out of the courtroom. She's on time. She lets you call whenever you want. What She follows the rules. Whatever the terms so you're of not, the child support agreement is, she follows it. It's not support. It's the custody agreement. Custody. Thank you. The custody agreement. That the dad probably didn't agree to, but the judge signed off on whatever decision was made. The dad is unhappy with said decision. So then you go to court to get call into question the custody arrangement. And, and the custody if agreement. that doesn't get overturned, you the keep judge going back. I don't Jesus understand Christ. why that's so hard. If that's because you've never done it. That's why you, you but you've never it. done it either, right? I've we watched both, it listen, we, happen. I've watched it happen too. And I've known men who've gone through this process. That's the only reason why I can say to and speak to it. You have I not, know men fine. I don't know because I'm not a woman, I'm I'm not a man, and I can't possibly understand. So you know men that went to court because of the school the kids were in. Or the sport the kid was playing, and the judge said, "You know what? You're right, woman. Listen to him." No, I know men who did not like the arrangement of the, the way the custody was going. They didn't feel like they had enough say in anything that was going on in their kids' lives. So what they did is what I just said. They continued to take the girl back to court until they could come to an arrangement where things worked the way they wanted them to work. And that they was got successful it in every time. I only know three men who've done it. Okay. The, now we get to the crux of this. Bruh, I, now we get to the crux of it. Sure. So, yes, this is the crux of it. The three times that you know, absolutely. But I also know way more than three men with custody situations. And they're phenomenal fathers. And so what are they doing to change their custody situation? They've gone to court and got shot down. How many times? One person I know went twice. And the other person, I'm thinking, I don't know if they went back. Why did they get shut down? The court decided he was, at the in the situation I'm talking about, it was a stay-at-home mom and a working dad. And... 
He hired a lawyer. His lawyer was not as good as the other lawyer. He had to pay her lawyer fees because he lost. But why did he lose? What was the basis on which he lost? I didn't, I wasn't in the courtroom, but based on the evidence presented from both sides, the judge chose the woman's case. Like I said, she was a stay-at-home mom. He was working. They presented the facts and they took the kids. She moved away and he had to pay child support. So you don't know enough details to understand why this man's case was turned we away. We don't understand the, the details the, of anyone's case. My The people that I know, one of them, he took his um, baby's mother to court three separate times. The first time, the judge shot him down with, you know, with basically no care in the world. The second time, they continued the case for, I guess, so that you could, so they had more time to mm -hmm. evaluate what was being presented. So when they went back the third time and he still was continuing to document the reasons why he wanted the custody agreement changed and was able to present and show this is why it needs to be changed, he was awarded a different custody agreement. Which was what? He got joint custody and they what, what had is, to. What is joint custody? The kid lived with him part of the week or part of the month or however and then lived with the mom another, you know, a different day. But because the days that he's the kid was spending with him were more than the mom, he got to choose the school that his kid now went to, which was in a better neighborhood and a better area. And that mom was a great mom. I don't really know her. So then, this, then what are we talking about? We're, you don't I'm, know. I'm, you don't know the situation. Same way I don't know the specifics of my people's situation. You don't know their specifics. She could have been on crack for all we know. She could have been missing appointments. She could have been doing a lot of things that would lend to your him being in favor. You don't know. So all of this that we've talked about is all conjecture and assumptions based on what we know of different situations. But we haven't been in it. So we don't know. But what I am telling you, the same way you got people, I have people. Mm -hmm. And statistically, and if we want to follow up next week, we can come with statistics on who gets custody more often. And I'm pretty sure in those statistics, it's not going to say why. Because that's not of record. The point is, we heard the case, we made a decision. And a divorce is the same thing. We hear the facts, we hear the facts, this is what I decide. If y'all can't come to an agreement, this is my decision. And you can appeal it and spend the time, effort, and energy trying to figure it out. But that's going to be on the loser. Who, in a lot of situations, especially in the world and economy we live in, People don't just have extra thousands of dollars lying around for retainers for lawyers. Most lawyers are going to retain for a couple thousand dollars. Right. So if you're not someone that can just afford to just have a couple thousand dollars tied up in a lawyer that may or may not be doing anything. And every time they do something costs you money. So, yes, your friend, he's very fortunate. He was in a position that he could afford that. And I do. Agree Most people some aren't. People, some people don't have those resources. Most people don't. You say some, I've made decent money and it was expensive for me to retain a lawyer and keep going back to court and keep filing and submitting paperwork and keep having stuff delivered when people was all of a sudden was missing. All of that cost on top of the child support you're currently paying on top of your rent and your lifestyle and potentially your ability to move on with your life. The amount of people that can keep going back to court, like you say, just keep going is really small. 
And that's the part that I think you have no, you, you're missing. And that, well, if you want to just do more. Well, yeah, I'd love to have my kids, but I don't have three, $4,000 to keep going back to court every six months. I'm barely paying my rent. I'm barely paying my car. No, I'm barely keeping a phone on. I don't have just this lucrative sum of money set aside to fight this case with no guarantee that the outcome is going to even be in my favor. That's the context I think is grossly missing. And I feel when I've talked to women, that context is always missed. The same thing, and I know we hate them, that Kevin Samuels was talking to the women about, about violence. This idea that a man should fight for me. That sounds great. How many fist fights have you been in recently? But it's a different lexicon that people view the world from because we have different experiences. And I stand by a man's life is harder. I'm sure you do. Not because of what I see on TV. Not because of what I heard from the guy down the street. Because I live it. I watch it happen. I see it happen every day. Of my life. Can't speak for every man's life. Some men might grow up and live great lives. And my life, my life's always been harder than the women I've been around. And I believe God created me that way, so I deal with it. But to say it doesn't exist is dismissive and wrong, in my opinion. Um, so the last part that you had here was when fathers want to be involved when a relationship doesn't work. That's what we just went through. I was going, we didn't talk about the last piece. How did we not talk about, I mean, we've talked about it. You basically just told me, I said that that doesn't exist. Like we just went back and forth about that. About all three of these bullet points. We've gone I'm back talking about this one, the last one. Okay. How did we talk about that? Making things more difficult than they really need to be. What did I have to say about that? I don't know, Ray. You go ahead. Were you not listening to me? No, I was, but I'm confused as to how we hadn't already covered the context of that question and within the rest of the conversation. So if you if you have something else. I wanted you to discuss it. I didn't think we discussed that aspect of it. I don't think we discussed this aspect either, to be perfectly honest. We discussed this. We didn't talk about this and the impact that has or why that exists. But we don't have to. We can, if it was all covered, it was covered. Yeah. All right. Well, another exciting episode here from the Bond Chronicles on this episode 55. Please continue to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, great things continuing to come down the pipeline. Super excited. We have a surprise for you guys coming in the next week. Technically, technically it's the end of, no, it's the following week. But we're not going to have anything towards the end of next week? I don't know what we're doing yet, actually. <laughs> huh? Not this week. Next no, week. bro. It's next week. Yeah. What do you mean you don't know? Well, like. I don't know how we're we're going to roll it out or anything like that. Okay. Um, but it, there is some cool stuff that we're getting ready to start doing. Um, and I know we've been alluding to it. And, <laughs> like, 
um, just dropping nuggets over the last, I think, maybe 10 episodes of all the stuff that we were going to start doing with the podcast. We're almost but all there. the stuff is getting ready to start happening, we're and there. we're super excited. Um, and despite my co-host having awful opinions sometimes, I'm really excited to cover a lot of this stuff with him because I do really, really, really like him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know... I don't know if we're going to do like a big announcement though. Like I, I don't know. We don't know how we're doing it yet. Which is why you got to stay tuned and keep the bell notified so that you right. will be notified. You got to subscribe. You got to follow us. Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, you Facebook. Oh yeah. You did say you made us a Snapchat. I did. And that's actually not true. I have Snapchat that I post our stuff on. So we got to make a Von Connor Snapchat. I apologize. Um, but, but we're we do, do that. we have TikTok, we're on TikTok, Instagram, Instagram, we're on Facebook, Facebook, we're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a website where you can buy merch like this cool shirt. Uh yeah. They can't buy the shirt? They can place a, a request. You can't like go and click. Like I'm not that good at websites, I've realized. Um so. All right, we'll edit this <laughs> but part it's out. There. <laughs> Uh, no, no, you're not gonna edit it out. All right. Well, reaction to You can place the order. Not no, no. You can go to the bondchronicles.com. It's just like it's not like an order form. You just request uh, and I respond to you. What she said. Yeah. Um. So you guys know in life things happen. Choose wisely. Uh, always bet on you, regardless of what's going on. Sometimes as a man, you just gotta dig deep and be the bigger person. Um, and keep fighting no matter how much it costs, no matter what it does to your mental health, just keep fighting. And maybe, maybe if you pray hard enough and long enough, fast and pray, then maybe you will get the custody that you so desire, desire. Maybe you'll get to pick the shoes your kids wear. Maybe you won't, who knows, but just keep fighting. Like you've always been fighting as men from the time of the Romans to the time of the Vikings to the time. Can you close out the show, bro? I am closing the show. What are you talking about? You are doing the most right now. You literally just were sitting here throwing shots at how you don't like my opinions, and I was supposed to just take that? Absolutely not. As a man, I refuse to lay down and be some placemat, a walking mat. What do you ever call the thing that sits at the front of the doormat? Duh. Um, so yeah. Uh, choose wisely, all that stuff. I don't know where I was at because I got interrupted. But no, that's okay. you don't know where you was at because you added like I I was on a roll. Other things in the thing, and instead of just closing out the podcast, I was closing out the podcast, doing mm. it the right way, the cool way. Um, and then obviously to support us, because uh, clearly we need help. We might need counseling. <laughs> Who knows? There it is, there at the bottom. Those are the different ways you can help us, help you with your lives, whether it's entertainment. Whether it's guidance, I know I give lots of nuggets that you're probably taking home and making you a better person. Um, and even if I'm not, then that's unfortunate. But we still got a bunch of kids to take care of as well. And we got a bunch of stuff we're going to be doing. Like coming up in the following week and a half or whenever it is, it's going to be super dope. I'm super excited. Despite all the animosity and the hostility and the punches, <laughs> I got to duck and dodge on this verbal uh, sparring session that we have here. Uh, I am Floyd Mayweather. This is whoever you want me to be. <laughs> But I'm, I'm Errol Spence. Boom. Yeah. Well, Floyd's still the greatest. Um, but Earl's coming, and we probably will review that as well. Uh, wish him the best here in two weeks um, as he also fights. So in closing, I would ask, can you kiss me for the people so they know we don't hate each what? other? What? 
Mm, no. <laughs> yes, we don't love, hate each other in reality, even though sometimes she wants to strangle me. But we're still here together, and we're not getting divorced, and we're not going to go through custody <laughs> situations. We're just going to keep being great, and God will lead and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day. Amen. <laughs>